Yay, Krusties! <laughs> grazie, grazie. You have brought great joy to this old Italian stereotype. No, no, Don Vittorio, you're not... Yes, I am. I know it, I am. Anyway, thank you, Krusty. Oh, you're welcome. So we're even now, huh? No, we just won't kill you. But you still owe us the money. Forty-eight dollars. Here's fifty. And to your change, and we thank you. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount, proudly brought to you by popculture.com.au. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Happy Halloween, everybody. We're recording this on Tuesday, October 31st. What are your thoughts on Halloween? It's not a big deal in Australia. Last year it was bigger. I feel the, the supermarkets this year didn't make as big of a deal about it. The, I haven't last really been year, in a supermarket for a while, actually. Okay, well, last year you sending, walked in. Sending people off for the podcast has gone to my head. Yeah, I, yeah. Have a, I have a, a, you know, a boy does my shopping for me these days. <laughs> last year you'd walk into a supermarket and there was just Halloween things everywhere. Merchandise, mm. half-priced chocolate. Now it's just a half-priced chocolate. Well, maybe they just went a bit too nuts they last did, year. They did, I think. And they've learned from it and went, well, Australians haven't fully embraced it. So mm. let's, you know, I feel like last year there was a groundswell and an expectation that everyone was going to get behind yep. it and it didn't happen. And then they went, shit, we've got a lot of chocolate to get rid of. So this year they've obviously tapered that back a little bit. But no, I'm, I'm, I think I said this last year when we were recording the podcast, I'm all for it. Any excuse to go out and have fun with people. Yeah. And it's good to see kids out with their parents. Yeah. Not sitting in front of a television. Yeah, and you say that now. When I arrived, you were you were not. There's a so, difference between being. You ambushed. weren't all smiles and roses. They, they fucking ambushed me. I, was ambushed. I got out of the car and they were just. I was beset upon. I was ambushed <laughs> by thugs. And I didn't. Have, I didn't have any chocolate. I completely forgot to get well, chocolate. That's why they became thugs. Oh no, they're just thugs in general. We North had, Geelong, sir. North Geelong. We had chocolate in the house, but then my um, wife and sister started watching. Um, what's that? Sex movie. Um, Fifty Shades? Yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey. And uh, by the end of that, not much chocolate was left. <laughs> like, hey, we need Maltesers. Maltesers we need are need chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Here to review Homie the Clown, an amazing episode. Homie the Clown or Send In the Clones. That is the name of a Treehouse of Horror clip. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Oh, well. <laughs> Whatever. It's the episode where, or it's the one where Homer clones, gets cloned. Yeah, right. I didn't know that that's what that was called. Okay. haven't seen that particular clip. Yeah, that's fine. Is that your ultimate name? Yes. Well, in the hustle and bustle of uh, getting this podcast ready, I didn't think of one. <laughs> but you can't think of a better name than Home of the Clan. An amazing episode. One of David Silverman's favourites. I heard on the uh, commentary that he actually used this. Not the commentary, in the interview. He used this and Three Men and a Comic Book when he was making the Simpsons movie from an animation perspective. He loves the way he drew this episode. He feels from a directing animation, this is one of his best efforts. Yeah, okay. And cool. we said, like, it's in the book, Matthew Schofield was influenced by this scene. Well, yeah, like this, the this was a, not just influenced, inspired by yeah, this. Is what to become an animator. What made him realise what could be possible in the, the world of animation. What did you like most about the episode? So not favourite moment, but just in general, just, just what the, did what, I like what did you the think most it did about well? the yeah, Think it. Uh, I love the way it establishes elements that pay off later. So the, mm-hmm. you know... What is originally just a, a kind of cool little performance gag from Krusty yes, ends up yep. becoming the crux of Homer. And a, it's trying throughout. To, yeah, well. exactly. Like it's him trying to elevate to be able to be a good enough Krusty to be able to do the trick. And then obviously it becomes a life or death trick for him at the end of it. Um, the little bits and pieces like speed holes and that sort of thing, you know, set up like it's just a funny joke from a salesman, but then to cut to Homer actually putting them in his car. So there's <laughs> there's a few th- moments like that where it's like sort of set up and pay off in one way, but then it comes back and pays off again in another way. It's done really, really well throughout the episode. They found their groove of Homer as well. He is the star of the show by this point. Yeah. Then these in I mean in these episodes Obviously, more so than anything else, but these are. Do the family even have much to do in this episode? Is it just the dinner table scene? Yeah, pretty much. And Bard at Millhouse's. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, they're in the periphery in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Krusty, uh, too, as a sub character, I think of, of all the sub characters on the show, you can really base an episode around him more than others. He's got more. I don't know what it is about his characters. More places you can go, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he's got. Krusty's. An out there so, personality? Yeah, he is out there, but he's also so. <laughs> 
much of a broken human being that it's easy to write him to have a gambling addiction. If you want him to have a drug addiction, it could be a drug addiction. If you want him to be an alcoholic, you can be an alcoholic. If you want him to be super successful and have a run where his show is like the greatest show in America, you could do that as well because deep down he has this comic ability. So you, you can go, you can either have him be like the absolute depths of humanity or the absolute height of humanity and everything in between. Well, he is very depressed though. To an extent, lives a lifestyle we all wish we could. Just <laughs> yeah, everyone wants to be able to light cigarettes with pearls. <laughs> yeah, just, just just does what he wants, spends money here, there, everywhere. Just it's Krusty just has the rock star lifestyle. Yeah. What was your favorite moment from the episode overall? Uh, my favorite moment from the episode. You know what it is? It's the look on the face of Krusty's manager when the Globetrotters are playing the Wizards. <laughs> uh, sorry, the Washington Generals. Yeah, it's just, you put it all against the Globetrotters? I thought the Generals were due! <laughs> but it's just before you even know what they're watching, just the look on his face. And then Krusty's anguish with, he's just spitting his, the ball on his finger! Take it! <laughs> I thought you were going to say the look on their face when Homer's pants come down. <laughs> that's always that's also pretty that, good. That, as cliche it is, that uh, is my favourite moment. Burn that seat. It's the... The subtleness of just hearing his pants get caught, just slowly, yeah. and Homer's determination to just power through. Um, I'm also down. I'm going to keep getting through this. Crusty's <laughs> uh, voiced by Dan, is he not? Yeah, he is. Yeah. So Dan acts really well against himself. Yes. In this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said the commentary very, very actually. Good job. Yeah, because um, for the most of the episode, it is just Dan. Because they're two characters that very rarely interact. So while you're used to Shearer doing Burns and Smithers and all that sort of thing, it's one of the few times that Dan is acting. With himself, and they're two very and, defined voices. Yeah, yeah. To be able to go from to I'm not even going to try Homer's voice, but it'd be you know it'd be a, a real difficult thing for him to have done. But like, <laughs> I mean, I love the um, Krusty's reaction when he comes in, finds the um, mobsters there, gun against Homer's. Oh, you saved my life! Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> that's, I always, it's, it's a great matching of animation to the vocal acting with yeah. the shifty eyes sideways. I love that when he's swapping the places. Yeah. And then, hey, ho, ho, hey, good, ho. Yeah. <laughs> good one, Krusty. <laughs> so, trivia for this week. Who does Krusty hire to play in the elevator? In the opening Kenny scene. Kenny G. Kenny G. Now, who is Kenny G? I didn't look it up. Oh, Kenny G had some big um, sac- flute? flute flute, or saxophone. Okay. I think he's a saxophone. Um, a saxophonist. Is that a uh, <laughs> Kenny G... Kenneth Bruce Gorlick, better known by his stage name, Kenny G, is an American saxophonist. Cool. Here is a clip from Kenny G's The Moment. I think if you play it from YouTube into a microphone, it doesn't violate copyright laws. Maybe it's a joke and it's elevator music? Yeah, no, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Like, <laughs> Ken, Kenny G was made a lot of fun of for quite okay. a long time. And with reason. Um, interestingly, that was no, not a saxophone nice. that he was relaxing. playing there. That looked more like a clarinet. Okay. Anyway, The Life and Times of yes. Kenny G, brought to you by Four Finger Discount. What comic, specific comic book, does Krusty use to light a cigarette? Action comic number one, the very first Superman appearance. Yes. Worth about worth fifty thousand dollars, if not more. No more. More now. Way, way, way more. Well, during the commentary, they said fifty thousand. Oh my god! No, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure Nicolas Cage bought one for over a million. Oh, okay. Um, it's the real deal. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> comics. Uh, you ask your question while I look that up. Who is hosting the crusty women's TV channel? The shaver, the lip shaver thing. Uh, uh Johnny Unitas. Johnny Unitas. <laughs> and it's actually Johnny Unitas. Is my lip supposed to bleed like that? Um, in uh, recently sold for sorry uh, the action comics. action comics recently sold for three point two million. Whoa! So not fifty thousand. No, <laughs> that's for the, the little barcode on the back cover. You work for a pop culture store. You have to hand. We in didn't your, sell action comic number one. You have to hand in your card when you. We go sell a pop vinyl that represents Superman from action comic number one, but that's about oh, it. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, where was the clown college held? What uh, what did the building used to be? Willie Nelson's house. Yes. Okay. Uh, what is the name for a group of crusties? Crusti? Uh, I think I believe it says crustaceans. Oh, okay. Crustaceans. Work. Yeah. I was just guessing. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was so special about the new crusty burger? Ketchup? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one with ketchup. I'm like, I kept trying to think sauce. It's not called sauce. <laughs> what is it called? What did Homer major in? Oh, um, flour squirting. Yeah, salts of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, my final question, what uh, magazine does Krusty have a subscription to? Gigantic asses yeah. or asses. 
How much is Krusty's life worth? $48. $48, yes. <laughs> that is the trivia and for this pull week. pull your change yeah. and we think. <laughs> now, before we start, yes. full-on breakdown of the review. What couple, happened today? A couple things to mention. Okay. Uh, what did happen today? Oh, our book came. <laughs> our book launched. Um, not as in the book launch party, but our book is officially available for sale within Australia. And, and the UK by the time this airs, I believe. Yeah, November by the time 2nd? this airs, it will be. November yeah. the 2nd is the UK uh, sale date. So, it's out today. Yes. For you, Hats off. You listening in the UK. <laughs> um, congratulations, my man. Maybe mm-hmm. perhaps a little... That sounded bad. Yeah. <laughs> Cheersing. It's not, not wine glasses. Not great on a microphone. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll add in my own sound effect. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but then this dialogue won't well, make sense. Do, do it again. Do it okay. again. Ready? Oh, that sounded better. The magic, <laughs> magic of podcasts. Um, no, I've got. Um, okay, I've got three stories slash jokes that are going to be brought up in the podcast. Two of them I can save for the mailbag. One of them I'm going to kick off with the top. So I'm going to give you some choose your own adventure. Mm-hmm. You, goosebumps. Like you it. can have Geelong Advertiser TV Guide, which was used to be written by Guy Davis. Really? He, he was the editor of the TV guy. Well, I'm going to have to ask him some questions next time I see him. <laughs> so, that's that's question number one. Sorry, that's option number one. You can have Paul Bearer at a funeral. The wrestler. The former wrestler. Hmm? Paul Bearer. No, no, no. The, the people that carry the coffin. Oh, Paul- okay. <laughs> I thought you could have the Paul Bearer at your funeral. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. A story about a Paul Bearer at a funeral. Yeah, okay, yeah. Or you can have coughing um, to disguise a fart. I've done that many times. Coughing disguise a fart. Okay. That one. That's what we're starting Let's with? Kick it okay. Off so, I'm at work. I'm walking down a hallway. I knew I needed to fart. <laughs> there weren't people in the obvious proximity to me. So, I was like, oh, I can get away with one here. But by the same token, I'm like, it's a corridor with officers. Anyone can come out at any given moment. So, let's give it a little <clears throat> as it comes out just to be able to disguise the noise. But I got my timing wrong, Dando. <laughs> so, I went, <clears throat> and it was like I was introducing the fart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, Are you ready? I'm going, exactly. It was like <clears throat> three heads lift up. <laughs> uh, what's, what's up, Mitch? Nothing. <laughs> was it a loud one? Thankfully, not as loud as it otherwise could have been. Didn't sound like a cough. No, I actually dropped one at work today, not meaning to. I was just sitting oh, there all of a sudden, but it wasn't loud. It was just. Boop, and I'm like, no one seemed to notice anything. <laughs> I'll just continue typing. <laughs> Nine I, other people in the room going Dirty fucking bastard We're just going to have to pretend that we didn't notice <laughs> He's not apologising <laughs> I notice at work tummy, Our stomach's grumbling a lot mm. It's not so much fighting Because we're in an you office You mean out loud You yes. get like a Yeah, yeah, yeah And I can sort of feel when mine's about to do it So yeah. I, did, I cough to try and disguise that Yeah But sometimes you just be sitting there And you just can't stop it would It's you, just too, too loud Would you like If I put my microphone to my stomach Would you like to hear my tummy grumble? Yes Okay Ah, oh, Shredder, what are you doing with the turtles? Shredder. <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> I think that was... Made my day. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I mean, I goodness. found that funny. So I <laughs> Shredder. Uh, what are we doing? Oh, podcast. <laughs> uh, so, the original air date was February 12th, 1995. Chopboard gag. Next time, it could be me on the scaffolding. And the couch <laughs> gag was the family sit down in midair and the couch comes up and builds now, itself on top I'm, of them. I mean, next time it could be me on the scaffolding is one that raises questions. Does that mean that Bart has sabotaged the scaffolding or has he just laughed at someone that fell off the scaffolding? Or slingshot someone that was on it. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. I mean, for him to be on the scaffolding would imply that he has to have a job. So that in some way is Edna Krabappel probably seeing him in a better light. I feel they're implying he's injured somebody yeah. or made fun of somebody. Yeah. I hope he's, he's a terrible it. human being. Yeah, awful, awful child. As you were saying, Bart gets more unlikable as the seasons go on. He's no longer a kid because in the first couple yeah. of seasons, you have Bart. Bart gets an F. You yep. feel sorry for the kid. Yeah, they don't write him like a kid anymore. Marge be not proud is about as close as you're going to get to feeling sorry for him now. Yeah, he, tr- he actually tries to do good. Yeah, probably. You know, I, I there think, are there are moments, I guess, throughout. Anyway, through the, the first, the mother's ten. a good one. Yeah, I, I think it's it's really more the mo- like. The episodes that I've watched within the last five years, when when I do get around to it, I mean it the, the newer me. ones. Yeah, yeah, like the legitimately new ones, not not even teen seasons, but they do make that transition where Bart suddenly is like an eighteen year old. Apart from the like, it's not like he has a sex drive or anything like that, but he's more like a cocksure sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old in a ten year old's body. It just doesn't quite gel anymore. 
I tried to watch season 29, episode 1 the other night. Mm. I might have just been tired. Was this the one that was all fantasy or something? Yeah, I just I just couldn't... Uh, I don't know, maybe because I, I don't watch Game of Thrones, I didn't quite get the references. Yeah, okay. It just I just couldn't do it. It just wasn't for me, Okay, unfortunately. I'm going to tr- check out the Treehouse of Horror after we finish recording this podcast. Yeah, anyway. right, of course. That'll be due to... Has it already... I think hit? it aired this week. Yeah, yeah cool. A couple of days ago, yeah. So, the episode kicks off with Krusty just doing what Krusty does best, just being the ultimate performer. I would love to have the abilities. I'd love to just be able to go out there, kind of like Freddie Mercury. He could just go out there and just wing it. Yes, Ross Noble can do the same. Yep. Um, I mean, Freddie could wing it based off... Visually performing? Well, I was going to say he could wing it based off decades of being a fucking superstar. Yeah. Like, when you've practiced really, 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 really hard, then you can make it look like you're winging it, but there's thousands of hours of practice, which is similar to what Krusty's doing. And... I like the show starting off with Krusty actually doing well in yes. in his in, in his show. Like every now and then, you need to give reason for Krusty to actually be the host of this kid's show. There's a side of this episode that I never really noticed before we did this review. It was that the way they have things happen to Homer mm. reflects just how busy and hard Krusty's life is, which is sort of why he yeah resorts to drugs and things to keep him stimulated. Yeah, of course, because it's too it's so much to have to keep well, up with drugs. I mean, smoking really is his main vice. Uh, okay, yeah. But we, no, we've, we've made jokes that he does drugs in the past, have they not? Or am I just imagining that? I don't know. if you, you're Not like in a problem. It's not like he's leaning on... No, 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 no. But I, yeah, would so hate for, I would hate to get sued by Krusty the Clown, so we need to get this <laughs> shit right. <laughs> but he's doing the bike trick, which you said earlier, sets up the finale, the mm-hmm. closing sequence, which is one of the best visuals of all time for the show, I think. It is yeah, I really, animated. I really love the left and right and the bike getting smaller and smaller each time he goes off camera. That's a brilliant joke. The Godfather theme in the glasses. Oh, sorry, we're talking about the very end. Yes. Okay. My apologies. Yeah. I, I, but I think that the beginning is also. Yeah, very yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, no. At the at the end is excellent as well. Um, the it, it, the whole the whole episode is drawn superbly. Bart and Lisa are watching it and they're just in awe of Krusty and his abilities and what he can do. After the show, we then see how extravagant Krusty's lifestyle is. He burns the money, the action comics. Uh, he bets all the money on the Lakers, gets Kenny G for the elevator. His house is dirty, so just buy me a new one. How much money is Krusty getting paid to do this? Um, Must be a lot. Obviously a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's syndicated TV. You all endorsements presume. and yeah. sponsorships yeah, and things like that. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yep. Um, <laughs> I do. My house is dirty, buy me a clean one. Yeah, yeah. Buy me a clean I've... One. I've <laughs> Made that joke myself without even realizing I was taking it from the substance. I think Krusty does that all as well. Yeah. Steve Allen, Steve Martin, Steve. Oh, oh, Steve Martin, but he does still yeah. Steve Allen. He does Steve still. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the joke about B. Arthur's grave? Get well, I think, she's not dead though. Yeah, point. I'm pretty sure that's what the joke was going <laughs> yeah. to be. Okay, but she's. I didn't. <laughs> but sir, those like, do as I say. <laughs> George Carlin on line four. Hey, my seven words you can't say on TV, but it was completely different from your seven words. Oh, so I'm a thief, am I? Well, excuse me. Hangs up. Give him 10 grand. <laughs> Steve Martin on four. 10 grand. Ten grand. <laughs> <laughs> the accountant is very concerned that Krusty is just going to lose all of his money. Um, this is where Fat Tony arrives and says, you need to start paying us back because mm. you're very far behind in what's what called just your debt, I guess. Yeah, like he's made a wager. He hasn't yeah. paid up for it. Um, they let him, they let it ride on the opera. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you like? The tenor. <laughs> The accountant then says it is time you open up a clan college to start making some money back. How would this work? So they pay to be crusty and he gets a cut, I guess? It'd be like franchise stuff, yeah. yeah. Like they'd obviously pay to attend and then, yeah. Homer's driving down the road and he's very excited because it's new billboard new day. New billboard day. I do enjoy it when I'm driving down the highway in Geelong and it's a new billboard. I'm like, oh, I wonder what this is going to be. <laughs> I wonder what photo of Patrick Dangerfield this one yes. will be. <laughs> From which angle? <laughs> There should be just Gary Ablett's back, which is a big question mark. That's going to be the talk of the oh, summer about in what July. Number what number is he going to wear? Next ju- yeah. Imagine the merchandise they're going to make out of this. Mm. Don't give him 29, because they've already got 29 on their jumper. Do you guys have a 23? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I, I mean, I we, know, do, we do, we well, do. I think it's a young it. I mean, I Why know... Why 23? Because 23 is synonymous... With what? Great sportsman. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I was going to finish that sentence, but I thought I'd stumbled on synonymous. <laughs> <laughs> so I, anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, Michael Jordan, LeBron wears twenty three. Buddy wears, Buddy wears twenty three. Shane Warne, um, wears uh, really? wore twenty three okay. in the one day games. Um, l- lots of famous sporting twenty threes. There's rumours he's going to be eleven. Yeah, based on his childhood. Well, Geelong Falcons, based on coming through, was um, was he number eleven? Was he wore eleven ah, okay. at the Falcons? They should make him like number five hundred thousand. How much? Give him one hundred. Why or, not? Or just make him? No, well, I was going to say like, or even. 
seven million. However much money he made at the Gold Coast, that should be his number <laughs> on the back. <laughs> So Homer's driving down, he sees all the billboards, all things he can eat. There's a moment here where the truck pulls up behind him and all the cars go up on top of it. Mm. And you look at him and it looks I'd... like the wise guy. And you think it's going to be yeah, the wise yeah, guy. Yeah, but it's... In the commentary, they said it was originally the wise guy and they just decided to change it. Okay. I have no idea why they would do that. And they don't explain it as well. Overuse of the wise guy. Possibly. But it, 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 it would fit the wise guy, that moment. Yeah, definitely would have. Yeah. You were going to say something and interrupt it with the wise guy. Was well, that- I'm preempting, but that was going to be my what did I learn this? Like I learned, I finally learned how those trailers okay. get filled up. <laughs> <laughs> then he sees the billboard about the clown college. You can't eat that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Goes to work and he's saying how those billboards, or he's, he's got all the foods from the billboards. There's that clown college billboard had no impact on me whatsoever. Then we get the great moment of... Visual, starting to visualize everybody as clowns, and that piece of music is brilliant. Oh, the, <laughs> I love the way the thought slams its way into the yes. um to his imagination. Yeah, yeah. But just the way everyone moves yeah. to the music, it's yeah. just perfect. But everyone on fire, it's just fantastic. Clowns are funny. <laughs> Uh, the family are then at the dinner table, and oh, this is one of the best oh, movie parodies the that they've out. ever done <laughs> with close encounters of the yeah, third yeah, kind yeah. for people that, that may not be familiar with it's it. Homer's tongue looking yeah. up, yeah, and even like the whole like the camera angle changes, the acting from Julie, everything's so off kilter about yeah. this scene. Mom, I think I'll have some wine. Mike. Yes, homie? That's it. You people have stood in my way long enough. I'm going to clown college. I don't think any of us expected him to say that. And as I spoke about last week, I just love that. I don't think any of us were expecting him to say that. <laughs> it's a, it's, you couldn't follow that line of Homer's with a better, with a better no. response. Yeah. It's just perfect. <laughs> so he's going to Clown College. Bart and Lisa are not happy about this, though, because Krusty, they believe, is, is one of a kind. To them, he is original. He doesn't steal jokes. He's all they've ever had. Yeah, of course. At the college, though, and I've got here, I like that Krusty is actually the one teaching them. It's not just someone he's hired. He is there making sure they're going to be as best to their abilities to look like and act like Krusty. Yeah, um, he is, like, you're, you're right. The fact that he's hands-on. Like, yeah. this isn't... and. He wants I mean, to make sure they do the right job. I don't know how much he really cares because I'm like everyone just sort of passes by default. But yeah, um, but it like it, it does seem like he does care to an extent. Um, certainly doesn't want any more cheap balloons going off in children's no, eyes. No, no, no. What's that no. gonna cost you? What did it cost? <laughs> um, I I do like there's only one per district. Where you're from? Texas, Dallas. It was it da- no, Seattle? Sorry, no, not um, Seattle. It's not Seattle. Texas, whatever. Uh. Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> I've read that uh, Homer, the reason they didn't give him the top of the Krusty's little hair mm. on top was because you actually wouldn't be able to distinguish between the two. Yeah, they're exactly the same. They would have looked yeah. exactly the same, yeah. And the episode would have been too hard to watch because you would have been, if you tune in halfway through, you would have gone, why is Krusty talking like Homer? Yeah, true. So the first thing they do is baggy they pants. The baggy pants, but these fit Homer perfectly. Baggy pants. Baggy. Baggy. <laughs> Then he introduces everybody to the bicycle trick. There's actually a name for it. I can't quite remember, though. He oh, says it at the start, I think. Yes. Um, I don't remember. But oh, no, he actually mentions it here, I think. Before he introduces, though, um, the funny place names. They they came. Yes, and Homer's yeah. laughing at Seattle. Walla Walla, Cucamonga, yeah. <laughs> Seattle. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just laughing. <laughs> so Homer fails the first time with the bicycle trick straight through the, the wall, or the loop, I guess you could say, just straight through it. Then we get the pie-in-the-face gag. So rough to this poor woman. She puts a hole in the wall. Oh, sorry, that's right. To the... Um, uh, the rich um, something. Um, um, what was she called? The wealthy dowager. Yeah. I love Homer writing it down. Yeah. Kill wealthy dowager. Yeah. <laughs> then it cuts to my favourite moment with the pants getting caught in the bike. Getting co- <laughs> that is really funny. Because oh, Homer's I, concentrating I've so hard. I've always loved that he just powers through. He knows his pants are around his ankles. He's yeah. just going to try this. <laughs> He just doesn't blink. He just keeps going. Oh, it's so good. And burn that seat. <laughs> and then to cap off the Clown College segment, we have Homer attempting the loop one more time. Now, what I really like about this is that... It sets up the finale even better. Well, it does, but also the rule... Like, it, it's subvers... It's subvers... Subversive? It subverts your expectations because the rule of threes suggests... Yes, true. In any montage as well, he's going to nail it now. And it's built up like he's going to nail it. His face is determined. He's all ready to go. And then 
the loop just tightens around him. He does do that <laughs> awkward <laughs> wobble out of the room. It's, it's a brilliant, anime. It's a brilliant joke that you don't expect no. to, to come because, like I said, you just everything you know about storytelling means Homer's supposed to succeed That's in that it. particular moment. Yep, yep, yep. Swartzwater did a fantastic job writing this script. Apparently, didn't require many rewrites at all. Nice. So then we're at home, and Homer's now dressed as Krusty for, for most of the episode, or for the rest of the episode, he's now dressed as Krusty. I think we've seen without his makeup on from this point on, do we? Not that I can think of. He's just he is crusty. Yeah. Maybe the closest it comes is driving home when Wigan pulls him over, where he's fairly bedraggled, but he's still in costume. Still, still in costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Bart and Lisa are actually proud of Homer. Mm. If anyone's going to be impersonating Krusty, they're glad it's it's him. It's their father. He mentions that Saltzer was his major because I think a good shot was a good aim or something. He Um, plays one of them in the face. He he hits him with a bank shot off Bart in Lisa. Yes, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Then we get to the graduation, and he gives them their cat skins. Mm. No. Sheepskins. Sheepskins. And originally here, they were going to throw their bottles up into the air, the water bottles, and it was meant to all come oh. down and hurt and injure them. Yeah, they okay. changed it to Krusty yeah. injuring Give Homer with the buzzer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just, he's such a malevolent evil, yeah, Krusty. Like he, he's having so much fun. When he's got that buzzer on there, yeah. there's, no, there's, no non, there's no unbuzzing. The thing about Homer is when he's getting injured, you very rarely feel sorry for him. You're, you're laughing at him. Why is that? Um. Oh, well, why when Charlie Chaplin gets hit in the face, or when Laurel and Hardy fall through a barrel? Like, there's just the kind of comic fool that. But uh, but this uh, Homer sort of gets tortured more, as opposed to, for example, Homer falling down a cliff, strapped to an ambulance board. Yeah, it goes on for so long that yeah. it drags the funny out of it. <laughs> if Chaplin did that, you'd be going, "Oh my!" Yeah, you would. Um, I mean, Chaplin's still a real person. The fact that it's, yeah, yeah, the fact true. that Homer is a is a comic kind of oaf and he never has any long lasting side effects means that yep. you get away with these yep. things. Come back from commercial, and they're unveiling the new burger with ketchup. Love, I always love the audio of when someone's falling and it gets louder and louder as they get closer. <laughs> Bang! He's <laughs> just no parachute. <laughs> Three seconds later, parachute falls into the hole. <clears throat> so good, love it. Then Homer's, you can see he's already exhausted from having to be crusty. Well, and hurt. <laughs> Crawls out. It's two, amazing acting. Two, <laughs> that. two audience. <laughs> <laughs> then he announces the burger and the burglar arrives. Then the burglar, the uh, hamburglar? Is that what they call him, the hamburger? Crusty burglar. Crusty burglar. Hamburglar is the Simpsons. Yes. Oh, it's the real one. It's the real one. <laughs> hamburglar is the McDonald's well, one. He doesn't even exist anymore. I miss that aspect. Of yeah, the what happened to Grimace and Birdie? They said because they felt that those characters appealed too much to kids and it made them want to eat McDonald's. Okay, isn't that marketing? <laughs> like that's how it's supposed so to happen. Mothers and parents they got annoyed and they complained and they signed petitions and they said get rid of Ronald McDonald and all the characters because it makes our kids want to eat oh. McDonald's. But you yeah, guys are the I, ones paying I, I, for it. I was going to say, yeah, like it's the fucking characters that are driving them through the drive through instead of cooking yeah. some veggies and chicken at home. Because I feel you used to walk into McDonald's and it was fun. It made you feel like a kid even when yeah. you weren't a kid. They had like Ronald sitting at the seat yes. and you could sit next to him. Yeah. Now you walk in and it's like, do you want pasta shells or do you want a salad? This is fucking McDonald's. <laughs> I want 14 cheeseburgers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the idea sounds good in theory. <laughs> if you haven't watched that video yet, guys, it's available exclusive on our Patreon. Yeah, Patreon exclusive. I lost a bet, tried to eat 14 cheeseburgers, one for every goal that Geelong had beaten Hawthorne by <laughs> earlier in the season. Did they get 10 goals down? You, were you just thinking, oh, Lord. Or was that the last thing on your mind at that point? <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was, I was more just thinking... Blow the siren, blow the siren, blow the siren, bring it to an end. Um, but yeah, it's uh, oh, it's a lot of bread. Oh, <laughs> it is. It's the bread that kills you. And I didn't realise until we filmed that video just how thin the patties are on a cheeseburger. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it is like all bread. You're eating 70% bread. You're eating it's bread just lathered in ketchup. Just loaf of bread with little bits of meat byproduct. Did that, you leave pickle on? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. The pickle started to do it to me. Yeah, because like, because <laughs> originally the pickle was a great idea. It broke it up, and then after a while, the pickle turns into like this soggy, oppressive mess. Yeah, it's that not good. Just hits the throat and you tests your gag reflex out like nothing you've ever felt before in your life. <laughs> and I've been to a Guatemalan prison. <laughs> <It's a> classic. <laughs> Getting hang back. on, hang on. Can I do that joke? No, again? you can't. Okay, just, do it again. Alternate right. punchline. So what do, what, what do I? How set it up? It, it tests your gag. It, Te- it tests your gag yeah, reflex yeah, does, like yeah, nothing yeah. you've ever felt before. And I've worked with Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <But I'm>, sorry. <laughs> Which one should I leave in? No, let the listeners decide. <laughs> Vote in now. <laughs> Alrighty. 
then Homer thinks that the Krusty Burglar is actually stealing the burgers. And oh, yeah, sorry, that's right. <laughs> it just took a brief moment. My brain stopped as I was um, trying to work out if that joke Visualising Kevin Spacey? Well, I was actually visualising Harvey Weinstein, and that was what frightened me. So, getting back to the episode, and Homer's just beating the shit out of this guy. It reminds me of the scene from The Wire. He's just beating this, this <laughs> oh, guy. She, when, uh, when Cheese, just... Not Cheese, sorry. When... Um, uh, Snoop and Chris. When Chris yeah. just beats the have hell you, have out you of seen the, the other way. Uh, not all of it. So we're not much of it. We're mid season three. I won't say okay. characters. Yeah. But there's a a stripper. A brutal beatdown. A a guy. One of the mafia guys mm. bashes to death his pregnant stripper oh, partner. My you, word. And it's you see the results and it's worse than what's on the wire. It's but it's a chick and that's, she's twenty years old. Yeah, that's smashes her head against a wall, punches her square in the face. Why are we talking about that? Because don't, talk, don't bring that up. <laughs> how, am I, how the fuck am I supposed to be funny now? Try. <laughs> Go. Uh, Domestic assault. Go. Uh, oh, I'm speechless. But anyway, Matt Groening had a real issue with this scene. He said in the commentary that with he... the Sopranos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't want... It to go on as long as it did. He said there was no need for it. He goes, it just didn't need to happen. Uh, I don't mind. He, he reckons a couple of punches would have been fine, but they, the David Merkin said, but the kid saying stop, stop, he's already dead is just one of his favourites. Yeah, Brilliant. and it only works if it's already become horrific. And what I had not remembered as well, like stop, stop, he's already dead, yep. is you know in, etched in my mind. It's the horrific whimpering of the kids yes. while the beating's going on yeah, like, before oh, he yells. Yeah, it's really amazing. <laughs> It's all just, just an act. Stop! Stop! He's already dead. Krusty the Clown, everybody. Please look at my medical bracelet. Oh. Uh, Homer gets dragged away. Really? Homer should be in prison. He shouldn't be going to a child's birthday yeah, no, party. He's, he's seriously assaulted a man. Yes. To n- not killed him though. Well, he does manage to speak. I wonder. I I think they hinted at this in the commentary, or might have read it somewhere that they never actually originally had the scene of the burglar saying something afterwards. Yeah, okay. It was just implied that he may have died. Yeah, so they right. had to put that in there in case they had to bring him back for the sequel. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> so next up is Millhouse's birthday party, and Millhouse thinks he's a big shot. He thinks his dad's old. This is the first time you find out that his dad works at the cracker factory too. Yeah, right. He's a big shot at the Cracker Factory. Yeah. Millhouse is bragging, but I'm pretty sure I can get him at my house. I don't know, Bart. And Bart's just like, whatever, mate, whatever. Let, let you have your moment. Homer goes to sit down and Kirk's just, no, nah, not having any of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not 5.30 yet. Then Homer is tired at work. Yeah, you kind of get some... I like that Lenny and Carl admire him. Yeah. They're like, holy shit. Like, you've done... Like, you know, you're you might be... hard a, here. You might be an imitation crusty, but holy shit. Can I ask a question? You're an Why imitation is he crusty. doing it? It's a billboard. Billboard got in his head. But the thing is, why is he working two jobs? Well, he's obviously not getting paid enough as faux crusty. It's not like he gets crusty dollars to turn up to these events. Crusty's still getting paid for all so the shit. So why is he does. wearing that outfit at work? Because uh, he's too tired to get changed. Or maybe he's just come from there. Or he has a... So he's taking a lot of time off work to go to do another job? Yeah, no, he always does. Like, that's what happens. <laughs> Homer, Homer throws himself wholeheartedly into his fake jobs. In yes, fact, we it. asked on Twitter, and we'll get to these later on, Yeah, um, if you could drop your job for any other job, what would it be? I guess the, the answer to my question before is why is Homer doing it? He sort of answers it here where he's, he says that it's all worth it because he gets to see the smiles on the kids' faces. Mm. Even when they're punching me in the stomach or well, whatever it is. when I say the smiles, I just know they're getting ready to jab me with something. Yes, yes, yeah, that's it. He's then hosting the Ace Awards, which I'm not too sure I know what are. I don't even know if they're anything. Okay. I think the whole... Well, it was like an award, award show for... award for Starsky and Hutch. It was an award show for cable TV or something like okay. that. Okay, yeah. Um, or, you know, like the best KV, best cable TV programming was reruns of Starsky and Hutch okay. episodes or something. Yeah. Um, was it Dick Cavett that was yes. hosting? Yes, yeah, I mean, he has a very annoying conversation. The guy just... Well, he was all for it, but they felt they felt bad afterwards, making him seem like such a loser. Yeah, right. Yeah, like he's that kind of clingy. But he embraced it. I'm not really a celebrity, so I'm going to hang on to other celebrities. But he, he, you're going to be having dinner with Groucho tonight <laughs> if you don't beat it. <laughs> Homer just wants no part of it at all. Then he realizes the perks of being crusty because mm. he's, he's just about had enough. He's about to throw in the towel, and he realizes that when he gets pulled over by Chief Wiggum. It has its benefits. Well, well, well. If it isn't Velocity Boy. 
Then he goes to the Quickie Mart and he realizes, oh, that was going to be one of my trivia questions. How much percent of a discount does he get? Uh, oh, I. Forty-three percent, no, only five percent. Oh, but it's five percent. Okay, <laughs> that Full makes discount. more sense with the poo. Yeah. Yes. Latest book of gigantic asses. The way he says gigantic asses, I've always just found it hilarious. Gigantic asses. Mm. <laughs> He's so proud of it. He then takes the family at he dinner. He knows it's naughty. Yes. Takes the family at dinner to Luigi's. <laughs> I only can pay your scum to crusty. Oh. Yes. 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 You see how you scum. You see how you scum. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I love it. So good. <laughs> Yes, you see how you scum. Krusty then bets all his money again from the Clan College mm-hmm. on against the Globetrotters, not, yeah. not for them. <laughs> a terrible move. Yeah. It's, it's like just... betting against Team America in the 93 season of the Olympics, or 90, what was the Olympics? 96 team Olympics. The dream team. Yeah, dream yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty powerful unit, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that really 92 was. and 96. 92, 96. Yeah. But, um, or 92, maybe? I, f- I feel like 92 was the really insane one because that. Uh, I wa- if that I'm Pippen. not mistaken. I'm going to look up the two. What about Barkley, surely? Was Barkley 92? Actually, he probably would have. I think Barkley was 96. Um, he would have been in both, wouldn't he? Oh, well, he must have been because Charles Barkley says 92 Dream Team would beat the 2012. <laughs> so, yeah. If it, have I ever told you about Charles Barkley's autobiography? Be gone! Is that what um, it's called? <laughs> oh, you know what I did? <laughs> I wrote 1992 Dream Barkley. No wonder he can't. <laughs> Well, that's odd for him to come up like that, um, anyway. No, he he has an autobiography called I Might Be Wrong, But I Doubt It. <laughs> like the, and, and it's not actually an autobiography. It's just, just like Trump's? It's just Charles Barkley's thoughts on things. <laughs> uh, foreground selections. You're just some washed up has-been looks like him. Uh, okay, so here's, here's the, the 92 roster. Okay. Of the dream team for the Of Olympics. the dream team versus 96. You just wouldn't even rock up if you had to play against them. No, why would you bother? Nah, I'm giving this to 92. So, I'm going to read 96 first. Okay. Charles Barkley. Yeah. Anthony Hardaway. Hmm? I didn't know that that's how his name was actually spelled. Hmm. Um, Grant Hill, Carl Malone, Reggie Miller, Hakeem Olajuwon, Shaquille O'Neal, Gary Payton, Scotty Pippen, Mitch Richmond, David Robinson, John Stockton. No Michael Jordan. Oh, was that his season off though? 95, 97. Yeah, must have been. Yeah, Space Jam. <laughs> um, so, uh, by all means, a brilliant team. But 92, Christian Leitner, who's um, underrated at NBA, but was one of the best college players of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Robinson, Patrick Ewing, Larry Bird, Scotty oh, Pippen. It's already better. Michael Jordan, Clyde Drexler, Carl Malone, the mailman, if you don't mind, John Stockton, Chris Mullen, Charles Barkley, and Magic Johnson. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, that's a fucking powerhouse <laughs> team. <laughs> That's like the greatest of all time, pretty much. <laughs> it's just there's there. If you're, if you're like Czechoslovakia, you right. go ah fuck. Ewing Bird, <laughs> J- Ewing Bird, Jordan, Malone, Johnson, Johnson. There's there's you starting Pippen. Pippen's in there. Yeah, Pippen as well. But like those five are like five of probably the six best of all time. They make everyone's <laughs> top ten. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Bef- and then, before. And then Scotty's not too far off. Like that's that's a phenomenal Scotty Pippen's pretty good. And Clyde Drexler was a freak. Anyway. No one's beating that team. Ever. No. In any sport. And that's the amazing thing about the ninety two dream team. They actually also won gold in the four by four relay. Well I was gonna say the men's eights <laughs> rowing. <laughs> American descent <just> there. <laughs> The American Olympic team is the dream team. of 10 people. Yeah. <laughs> Just go. <laughs> Just like, right, boys, we got this. They get their special water. <laughs> so we get back to the episode. Um, Crust, he's still getting the perks of Krusty, so we've got his CTA scum. Oh, yeah, they bet all the money on the Globetrotters, which he shouldn't have done, obviously. The Mafia then have taken over the Clown College. I am afraid the time has come for you to pay us. Look, I'm cleaned out. Just take the Clown College. We have already taken it. Kids have a lot of money these days. So after you finish your performance, you might consider robbing them. So then Krusty then says that, uh, you know, kill me then, kill me then, whatever. And they try to shoot him, they miss. And then they then take Krusty for a ride. But he escapes out of the bathroom. Classic Mm. escapee. Yeah. (laughs) I like that you can hear him run, hear the car, then hear the jet take off. Yeah. (laughs) When he's done, I gotta go. (laughs) Come back from commercial and the mafia are on the hunt for Krusty. And then they see Homer saying, I am Krusty the Clown. Me. I am Krusty. So they turn around, they go to get Homer. They, they try to shoot him. Yeah. 
<laughs> speed holes. Yeah. The salesman here is hilarious. Yeah, he's really good. If you want my opinion, you should really buy this car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after he shut the shit out of it. Tires are popped. <laughs> Windows are gone. The best part is actually after they try they shoot Flanders, trying to shoot Homer. I told you we should have bought more than three bullets. <laughs> <laughs> before we get to the crusty, uh, before we get to the Ned Flanders moment, we get the silliest moment of the episode, which it's just stupid. Crusty trying to get a face change and they give him a boob job. Yeah, so it is. Stupid. But I mean, I guess it's the reveal because they do the Batman, it's a Batman parody again with yeah. the mirror and all that sort of thing. Um, but then obviously he looks Face exactly off. the same. So they need to do something. It's because you see him a minute later and he hasn't got him. Like, oh, I don't know. Well, just... I mean, he's still in surgery. Yeah. Presumably some time has passed. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems silly. Yeah. It, it didn't need it, in my opinion. Mm. <laughs> then starts I did like him getting offended at the gratuitous sexual. Like, Putting the money um, in the, the bus money in the boobs. Hey, hey, hey! Yeah, Homer then is putting speed holes in his car, and Flanders walks over to see what's going on. Flanders agrees with him. Oh yeah, seems like a good idea. Then gets shot. If you're watching this for the first time, you would assume Flanders dead. Yes, um, and great sound effect. I actually wrote down. Yeah. I, I wrote down the two different Ned responses. Yep. Um, gunshot. Wow. And then the second one. Gow. <laughs> But the second time, he stays down longer. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and you think, oh, he's actually in Thank God yet. I had the true cross. <laughs> yes, yep, 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 yep. Then he leaves, as he would, and they shoot the pick. Yep. And it spins around. I told you we should have bought one of the three bullets. <laughs> it's a great line from oh, Joe Montaigne. Uh, That's uh, probably his line of the episode. And they mentioned in the commentary that, and he said that to us in an interview, whenever Fat Tony, even if it's just a cough, he wants to be the one that does yeah. it. He loves the character that much. They then kidnap Homer. Just go get him and put him in the car. Tries to talk himself out of it. Wait, you can't kill me for being crusty. I'm not him. I'm Homer Simpson. The same Homer Simpson who crashed his car through the wall of our club? Uh, actually, my name is Barney. Yeah, Barney Gumble. The same Barney Gumble who keeps taking pictures of my sister? Uh, actually, my real name is, uh, think, Krusty, think, Joe Valachi. The same Joe Valachi who squealed to the Senate committee about organized crime? Benedict Arnold. The same Benedict Arnold who plotted to surrender West Point to the hated British? Don't! Then they go into the Mafia headquarters. Is there a name for this place? Is it from Bart the Murderer? It, is Bart the Murderer it's, it's, it seems like the same bar from Bart the Murderer. Like the Workman's Club. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't know if it actually has a specific okay. name. And we get introduced to The Don... Legitimate Businessman's yes, Club. Yes, that's it. Yeah, that is it. There it is. Yeah. He gets introduced to Don Vittoria. Don Vittorio. Vittorio, something along those lines. Who is the biggest stereotype of mm. Mafia law? I know, I know. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware. He arrives and he, it's he, to it's murder kind of, a funny man of such a genius would be a. Crime. It sort of hits me for a moment because you're watching, you think this is what would really happen to somebody who owed money to the to the mafia. They would yeah, just take him to a room, sit him down, and say, "I'm sorry, I have to do this, but mm. see you later." Bang! You're if dead. they were even that polite, yeah, yeah. And then he says, "I can't. Yeah, it's I, business. I can't kill him because I'm such a big fan." So he tells him to do the bike trick. I feel like I it. could, I could be a mafioso, not so much ethically. But just that level, you know, it's not me, but... I think you got it in you. This has to happen. I think you got it in you. Um, you think about the poor dog that got back at home that doesn't have an owner anymore. Nah, take him home. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great, actually. <laughs> I'd end up with like 80 dogs in the backyard <laughs> and less annoying people to deal with in my day. Homer then tries to do the bite trick and the music cue, you think he's going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Goes up halfway <laughs> and, and rolls, rolls back down. down. <laughs> The fact that you failed or you did it poorly is even more of an insult. <laughs> then Krusty bursts in and tries to leave quickly, but they don't let him. And we did the scene double here. Four oh, Krusties. That's a great line. Amazing. Yeah, so great. <laughs> Does the swap. <laughs> Good work, Krusty. So then uh, the guy says, uh, Don says, you can you both, both go through the loop yeah. together. Yes. Yeah. And we've already mentioned this scene. It's just amazing. Mm. It's brilliant. Like the... The fact that like what happens is so much more impressive. Like yes. rides on the pool, rides up a pool. Without cue, a loop, it is enough. <laughs> up a pool cue, mind you, sinks every ball. Homer playing musical glasses well, with his forehead. It's the Godfather theme that he plays, mm. which they should not have produced a different pitch. Is my only thing because they're upside down and they are all the same. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, um, like the seltzer bottle just squirting down the table. Everything, everything about it, so great. Yeah, and then. It's nice that Homer gets his moment in the sun where he jumps in and takes the bike from the air. He's genuinely good at being crusty, mm. Homer. A little lazy at sometimes, but he's, he's finally found his groove. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So then they're all impressed and Don's going to let them live and 
now you still owe me the money. And the end gag, it was only for $48 in the yeah. end anyway. <laughs> and do your change. <laughs> so polite. Yeah. And we're done. Yeah. So, overall, an amazing episode that you should go out and watch immediately. Fantastic. Mm. It's, like, a, it's a great Krusty episode. Krusty, it's very rare watch, that you get a bad... Watch this twice a day for the next week. It's very rare that you get a bad Krusty episode in the first 10 or so seasons. Mm. I can't really think of one. No, they're all pretty top-notch. Yeah, the Krusty and Sideshow Bob, or you got things like, like Father Like Clown... One's mm-hmm. like Homie the Clown. Um, uh, the Last Temptation of Crust is where he's the comedian. One where he kills himself, fakes his death. Bart the Fink. From yeah. Bart the Fink. Thank you very much. They're all great episodes. Yeah. What did we learn, Palmer? So what'd you learn from the episode, Mitch? I you told you. I, yeah. I learned how trucks get filled. Oh, the forty-eight dollars is worth a lot more than I thought. Well, forty-eight dollars worth your life, my yes, friends. It is. Javail! Javail is here. Ooh. Now it's time for the mailbag. Mitch, what have we got this week? Uh, well, before we get into emails... Oh, we've got stories. Can I pick uh, another story? Yeah, you can. can so pick- I'll save one for later and I'm going to give you one now and then we'll get into Twitter. Can I pick Paul Bearer? Paul Bearer at a funeral. I I'm reckon, so glad way, that this is the order this has worked out. Okay, here. by the way, you know the yes man on the uh, Simpsons? He goes, yes! Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. That is such a ripoff of Paul Bearer. The wrestler. Okay. Did you know Paul Bearer? No. He was no. the Undertaker's manager, but he would just go, oh, okay. oh, yes. That's exactly how he would talk. Right. You sure he wasn't ripping off the Simpsons guy? How long? I know the Undertaker's been in wrestling for about 73 years. But... Uh, 1990. Okay. Okay. Um, it'd be bizarre if that's where they were getting their, <laughs> <laughs> getting their ammo from. Uh, Paul Bearer at a funeral. So I had a friend. Oh, boy. I have a friend who... For those listening who aren't quite sure... That's person needs to say who carries the coffee. Yeah, this is this is a accidental pun that was made that they didn't realise they'd made that I think is probably the best and worst thing they could possibly have said in the situation. So they're there carrying the coffin for their grandfather. They have placed the coffin wherever it needed to go, ground presumably. The, yeah, yeah, like in the, the little straps. in the little straps, so they get laid in they're laid into the ground. Um, uh, one of the other pole bearers, who I believe was his sister or something like that, but certainly a relation to him, um, they made comment about, like, geez, that was harder work than I thought it was going to be. Um, and he said he was really taken aback by how heavy it actually was. So I wasn't expecting it to be that heavy. And followed it up with, now, you might have said in this situation, I wouldn't need to go to the gym tonight. Or I, you know, I'm not going to need to work out later on. He came up with, I won't need to do my deadlifts tonight. <laughs> Oh, my. Mm. And then there's like this pause. She's like, do you have any fucking idea what you just said? Jesus. <laughs> and he's like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> pun absolutely not intended, but it was an amazing accidental pun. That is pun. great. Yeah, yeah. So, why do you like this order? Will I find out by the third story? Because uh, Geelong Addy is the one that I can have the most fun with. Okay, And cool. it's going to be best to do at the end. Uh, now, we'll jump on Twitter. As I mentioned, we asked for people's best... Uh, not best people's alternate jobs. Like if you could drop everything, a la Homer Simpson, and just do whatever it was that came to your mind, what would it be? I just want to be in one TLC match. It'd be amazing. <laughs> At Flamesy eighty six pointed out that there was a spelling error. Uh, I said Home the Clown instead of Homie the Clown. Oh no, Mitch! Why did you do that? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> At underscore Primo Hugs would like to direct the sequel to. B movie. I've I'm seen just it. Show the you the image. Yeah. Is that some sort of sex video? What is that? Where, where did you get the woman laying no, there? I mean, it looks like it's just a makeup thing. Okay. It's honey all over your face. Um, at McGlavin to drive the bus that never slowed down. At iTunes Wallet Inspector. At Alex the Puffin would like to run a Simpsons podcast. Well, you don't even need to quit your job to do that one. No. Nah. Yeah. Uh, um, at X4JW, assistant to the traveling secretary for the New York Yankees. So that's not a bad job. Yeah. And Alex, I hope you're coming to our trivia night yeah. on Thursday, uh, which will have already been in the past by the time <laughs> you listen to this. Hope you came, I hope you came to our trivia night. And I hope Thanks you for buying a book while you were there. <laughs> <laughs> um, at Deoxy360 would like to be a billboard so people would notice me on the first day of the month. <laughs> at, uh, Keith Nedham at Real Life Homer J would drop everything to be paid as a real life Homer just to have people take uh, pictures of him at Universal. Yep. Um, why doesn't he go for a job Keith why don't you go for a job in the donut um, lard lad store at Universal yeah that'd be great yeah probably wouldn't trust him put a condom over your head (laughs) I think he's gonna steal them all condom over his head no when he steals the big donut in the last temptation in the attack of the 50 foot eyesores 
He has a condom on his head? I'm saying that's a condom he puts on his head. Okay. Are you sure it's not a stocking? Like lederhosen or something like that. I always thought it was a condom. Not lederhosen? Le- uh, lederhosen? A stocking would make sense, I guess. Yeah. But it's always it always looks Pan- really... It panty looks, liners. But it looks, are they really small when they start off? Are they called panty liners? I don't know what they're called But do the they States. start off really, really tiny? Yeah. Because okay. they stretch to like a woman's leg size. I didn't know they started I'm off I'm pretty that sure small. it's not a condom. <laughs> <laughs> like of all the things that I'm going to be. look this up while you keep ready to get twi- tweets. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, actually, I did have a really nice tweet come through. This wasn't for uh, what else could you do? Oh, Jesus. So, at uh, Heinrich uh, or Hennywise, at Four Finger Pod, your Independence Day tribute gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I did say so that. So, we've got one positive review to the fact that I just was became completely... Took him four takes, but he got it done. Like I that. did. <laughs> How dare you? But you read it off the script. I did read that one off the script because <laughs> I wanted to get it all right. But, you know, whatever. That was still a good delivery. Um... So, they've actually said that it was one of the best things. I said, well, you know, I'll take that as an excuse to just hog the limelight wherever I possibly can for final words. They would like to do Kate Blanchett's entire Lord of the Rings, it began with the forging of great rings monologue. Now, I'll need to watch that again, but that can be... It won't be next week because we've already recorded it. Two weeks' time. Yes. yes. So, next week's Bart versus Australia, by the yeah, way. Yeah, which Sorry. was a premium review we did a while ago, so you guys will get access to that, which is a brilliant review, actually. I think it's one of the better ones we've done. Um, what comes up after Bart versus Australia? I can tell you. Okay, but you will get Kate Blanchett's... It began with the forging of the Great Rings. You can just do it. You want to just look up the script now? And no, just no, I, I, mean, I can just tap it onto the end of Bart oh, versus okay. Australia. Yeah, all right, we'll do that so I don't forget. At the, <laughs> end, at the end of Bart versus Australia. You will get... It's a reason to listen. If you've already heard every review, just skip to the end and you'll hear Mitch reading out the Kate Blanchett thing. <laughs> so the episode that follows Bart versus Australia is... Do you want to guess? It's an episode that I have. I reckon I've seen less than three times in my whole life. It's the one with the, with the pumpkins. Homer versus Patty and Salma. The IOU. Got Mal- oh. Yeah, I wouldn't have seen that for a really long time either, no. actually. Um, other speeches that I'm more than willing to give a try, by the way, would be Alec Baldwin from Glengarry Glen Ross. Yeah, Maybe I've done that one before. Like, Put that coffee down. I know you've done Jack Nicholson. I've done Elements. I've done Jack Nicholson, A Few Good Men. Um, uh, Scent of a Woman. Be more than happy to give that a crack Yeah. Um, at some point. And you, you give me anything from the West Wing. I'll take anything from the West Wing. Do you have, do you, have you got any favourite movie speeches yourself? Favourite movie speeches? I do like Dead Poets Society. Yeah, um, which which part? The bit where he's the end's good, but also where they're all crowded around him at the table, and he's telling them about Wait, how in the hallway and no, the, no, no, the ghosts it's, of everyone. Um, or? Life is filled with um, no. Uh, is it humans are inspirational or something along those lines? Where yeah, we've got the engineers and their scientists. That that speech. Yeah, yeah, okay. Just inspiring. I like the you know tear out the tear out the pages. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty sweet. Oh, captain, my captain. Let's have a quick look. Or his rant to... <laughs> you've, said, you've, done, you've said this on the just show before. Lo- I've just looked up the 30 greatest movie speeches of all time. <laughs> it's come up with Samuel L. Jackson in Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> so I don't know that I can trust this list. <laughs> what about the... Uh... Oh, Frank T.J. Mackey from Magnolia. Respect the yeah. cock. <laughs> what about the Robin Williams in Good Will Hunting? I think we've mentioned it before. Where yes. he's having a go at him saying, don't you say that shit about my I'll wife. do that. I will do that at the end of this episode. All right. Yeah, done. All right, now, mailbag, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Give me a question. I get loose at this time <laughs> in the podcast. Relax. Uh, I've got my two cents. Okay. Uh, so, this comes in from Andrew Rossiter. Yes, Andrew Rossiter. Hi, Mitch and Dando. For the sake of anonymity, I would like you to refrain from using my surname for this story. I have listened to enough of your podcast to know that if there's any hope of this happening, it needs to be this needs to be said at the top of the email. Whoops. <laughs> I got a new podcast last year after my girlfriend, who had been listening to it for some time, recommended it. Uh, so thank you very much to the girlfriend. And I like it when there's a couple that listens to Ando. I like to imagine that maybe they're in a the nice, relaxing, warm bath. They're holding hands. They're looking at each other intently. They're leaning in. And just as they're about to kiss, we talk about Kevin Spacey molesting little boys. And it or just ruins the mood. 20-year-old strippers getting bashed by their partners. Or introducing a fart at work. <laughs> Which is always good. Didn't our friend Katie in the UK used to listen to us in the bath? Oh, probably still and her partner was jealous? Presumably. I don't know if he's jealous. I don't know. know. <laughs> you just, you've made that up. I, I mean, they got married, so he's Fake. not too jealous. Um, anyway, so he would like to dob in his father for being a notorious cheapskate. Um, firstly, his father has a track record for giving people the same gifts 
a few times in a row. The because, actual same item or the same kind of? Kit? No, the same, the exact same item because he buys them when they're on sale. Like he'll, he'll uh, spot something on sale, buy it in bulk, and then he forget that, forgets what he's given to people. So you'll get the same thing two or three times. Um, but his favorite cheapskate activity is finding things on the roadside or salvaging things from hard rubbish that he believes can be fixed up or repurposed. This has included tools, drill bits, boxes of screws, nails, uh, and what we suspected was a small bag of drugs that was later handed into police. Jesus. And a number of bicycles. He was one of those guys. He would collect basically anything, and at times we've asked ourselves if he has found another bike for hard rubbish or stolen one that a child has left unattended <laughs> on the nature strip. <laughs> A little while ago, he reached peak cheapness when after running out of newspaper to light his fireplace, he went searching his neighbor's bins. Returning a few minutes later with newspaper in hand and looking particularly proud of himself, he proclaimed, look what I found, as he produced a small, half-full bottle of olive oil from the stack of papers. Uh, I questioned, did you take that from a neighbor's bin? To which he replied, yeah, but it was in the recycle bin, so it's okay. No. (laughs) No, of course not. Bad milk is in the recycle bin. <laughs> Cream. All sorts of bad shit is in the recycle bin. Knowing that there would be no way to convince him to get rid of it, I avoided eating dinners that he'd uh, cooked for fear of consuming the bin oil. So basically now what happens is whenever he's going to visit his dad, he'll buy food on the way and make sure he prepares it himself when he gets there. <laughs> That's probably a safe option. Yeah. Um, uh, we would like to sign off the email by giving a shout out to his girlfriend. Okay. Um, Who is? Sam is the name of the girlfriend. And Hi, let's throw out there. Sam, you know, loves her very much. Partner out there. I mean, you he haven't. Really s- loves you. Yeah. Are we doing love song dedications? Yeah, that's going on. Do mailbag love songs. Well, this one's going out to Sam. That mailbag was for you, Sam. It's just a little addendum here. Would you like to marry me? Wow. What a man proposing via mailbag. That's probably what the most listener. romantic thing I've ever heard yeah. anyone do. I wonder if she says yes. <laughs> I wonder if we just lost a listener. <laughs> or two. Or did they just make a third? <laughs> it was quick if they did. <laughs> well, I don't know how I'm going to top that. <laughs> um, Eleanor Badger. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, long-time listener, first-time writer in a th- uh, Eleanor Badger would like to share a Canyon Coda's pumpkin. Um, we've got to share this on the Facebook page. Have a look at this. That's pretty That's damn That's pretty awesome. Sweet. Mm. Some great carving of the Halloween jack-o'-lantern. Send that to me and I will put it up right now. Well, it's on... Just log in. <laughs> it's just forward it to me. <laughs> it's, it's a shared inbox. <laughs> I can't be bothered logging in. I've already logged into my other one. Anyway, continue. Jesus. <laughs> oh, uh, I haven't actually got a question this week. People have mostly just been writing in you with different bits and pieces. haven't got a question for the No, well, people haven't asked us a question. But what? Um, David Cummer responded. So he was asking us about where we thought Dr. Nick was from. Oh, yeah. We said, what, Guatemala? Uh, I, I don't know. I rattled off about five or six different countries. Arab. Yeah, um, the Congo. Uh, I see Dr. Nick as being Greek. The reason my friend Nick from Greece looks like Dr. Nick. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> so yeah. That works. That's good enough for me. Um, his friend Nick spelled N-I-K, by the way. Um, in England, mm-hmm. Where's Wally is also Wally. Well, but Where's Wally isn't, a, isn't an American concept, isn't it? Where's Waldo? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't spent any time thinking about this. I'm going to look this up. It. What else have we got for the mailbag? Um, that's not. No, it is a British series of children's puzzle books. Yeah, so where's one is the original? I thought it was based on the email that I was looking at. That was. Um, that was what was happening. Okay. Um, Tom Harrowsmith uh, would like to write in, as far as listening to us from rom- remote locations, was listening to our show in India on top of a camel. Beat that. Is that the one that was asleep, though? Yeah. You mentioned that last week. Did I? I'm doing it again. (laughs) I told you, it's been a light light email. Like, not as many people have been... um, Let's see what this is. Neil Parks. Uh, Hi, guys. I was listening to the most recent podcast, Bart's Comet, and enjoyed hearing you read my tweet about finding a spine on the beach. Oh, that's right. Neil was just writing in to let us know that, yes, he did actually call the authorities. Okay. So, it was a human spine. Uh, I don't know. He just says that it's strange stuff. There's often a lot of stormy weather in Aberystwyth. That's that. Oh, Jesus. Um, Aberystwyth. That's a strange. A B E R Y S T Y T H. It's missing vowels. That word. It has to be. Uh, resulting in some strange stuff washing up on the beach. So he did take it to his local police station. Okay. Haven't heard anything back. So I'm just guessing. Look, up. look what I fucking found. I'm guessing that they lost it. I am not a crackpot. There we go. Now, 
advertiser movie okay. guidelines. So, um, I was... Uh, I had to take Ash to the emergency room over the weekend. Oh. She had a bit of an eye infection. It was quite bad and needed to see an ophthalmologist. Um, but while I was in the waiting room, I was flicking through the Geelong advertiser. I go to the sports page and open up from the back, as Just I often tablet. do with a, a newspaper. And the TV guide was not too far away. Yep. Oh, so you don't mean the little insert booklet? You mean no? I mean like the page that tells uh, you what's on tonight. Guy Davis wrote the booklet. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean tonight's listings. Okay, yeah. So they have the imitation game. Benedict Cumberbatch. Have you seen this movie? Yes, I have. So you're aware of it's about um, Alan Turing, who cracked the Enigma code, who who was homosexual, saved World War Two, who was homosexual at a time that it was illegal to be homosexual, yeah. and the movie is about his battle a to do that to to to, to beat. The Germans to be able win to win World like, War Two. Exactly, it opened the door for the Allies to be, to win World War Two. That movie, in a condensed version in the Geelong Advertiser, oh was summed up as uh, a mathematician. Gay guy does good. No, 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 not even that. <laughs> a mathematician tries to unravel a code. Oh wow! That's what. If you've never seen that movie before, and you're looking through, uh, so it's a beautiful mind. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what I was like. You could not have come. Yes, technically, to an extent. Will Hunting? That is true. So, what I've decided, the game I've been playing Lisa, since. Lisa the Simpson? The game I've been playing since, and that's, yeah, they all work. But I've gone with take a great movie and give it the Geelong advertiser treatment. Okay. Would you like to hear them? Yes. Jumanji. T- t- two yes. children play a board game. Yep. <laughs> E.T. Play, no, two children play with an old man. No, no, it's got to be a board game. Because board <laughs> games are boring as hell. Like, this is the thing. It's got to be as dull. dull as it can okay, be. Okay, okay. E.T., a young boy makes a friend. Yep. Not an alien, just a friend. Titanic. A ship sinks. Oh, no, no, that's, not, that's too, that's too, too exciting. Much, too much adventure there. Yeah. A boat goes on its first trip. Yes. <laughs> not even a ship. <laughs> <laughs> boat. And my favourite, Jurassic Park. An old man finds a mosquito. <laughs> I like it. So, write in, <laughs> condense a movie. Boring movie To titles. like a sentence. Yeah. Yes. Well, 10 words or less? Uh, well, preferably, because yeah, it's got to fit into a uh, so, newspaper. So, 10 words or less, dull movie titles. Yeah. But still tell you something that happens in the movie that's quite pivotal. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it sums the movie up. It still has to be accurate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I had so much fun. I wrote What's down What's the like, hashtag going to be though? Um, oh, that's a really good question actually. I don't know. Just email it to me so we don't have to deal with hashtags. <laughs> no, no, tweet it, tweet it. I like reading the Twitter. Hashtag dull, dull film. Hashtag short film. Hashtag short film. Short film synopsis. It's got to be a short hashtag though. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag condense a movie to a synopsis that is shorter than the hashtag. There you go. <laughs> I don't care. I, I Okay. You can either tweet it or mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. You told me we're running out of time. How much time do I have? Uh, enough time to, for you to do whatever you want to do. I can do Goodwill Hunting? Yes, do it. All right. So, so thanks for listening to our review. The outros, yes. Um, our book is available and our publishers would really like us to remind you of the fact that our book is available. If you're listening to this podcast, I guarantee you, you are going to enjoy our book. Mm. And for the low, low price of like $25 Australian, you can have hours upon hours of enjoyment reading our thoughts on the show mm-hmm. in written form. Yeah. And I mean, literally hours upon hours because you can read it more than once. I find I pick up the book and it's I don't read it in order. There's just some, some something to read in yeah. all parts of the book. I mean, you book. can read it in order or you could just pick it up to a, any any page. Give there's, me 73. Yeah, 73 is a great page. Always something to read. Inter- 201. Interviews of cast and crew, in-depth episode reviews, insane trivia, there's fun facts, there's behind-the-scenes tour, mm-hmm. everything. I tell you what, if you're in Melbourne, uh, you, like you might just find yourself a signed copy on a shelf somewhere because I am not above wandering out and just picking up a copy and signing it. I might even put, hey you bought that I might even put like a little passport photo in there or something like that do you like tell you off if you signed your own book I'm really curious to would be they, honest would they be still able to sell it surely they can sell it they'd probably be able to sell it for more <laughs> not much you, more I wonder, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder I wonder if they would tell you off what's walking I'm is curious they, like I really want to try wrote, it we wrote that book can we no I'm not them? even going to tell them <laughs> I'm just going to do it. And then when they say, what's going on? I'm just going to show them my license. My, my, friend, my friend Alex at work, she said, let me know when the bookstore in Geelong has it because I'm going to go there and make sure your copies are at the front of every part of that show. Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> That's going to be fun. She goes, every day after work, I'm going to call in and make sure your book's <laughs> always at the front. But now it's time for Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. So Mitch, any final words for the listeners? 
So we'll set the scene for those that haven't seen. Well, I mean, I mean presumably most people have seen Good Will Hunting because it's probably one of the best movies ever been made. But this is Robin Williams and Matt Damon sitting on a park bench after their initial meeting in Robin Williams' play. Uh, his character's name is Sean. In the initial meeting in his apartment, where Will spots a painting that he's done, questions whether or not Robin Williams' wife had run off with another yeah. man. Robin grabs him by the throat and says, "You disrespect my you? wife again, and I will fucking end you." Then you have this really forlorn, forlorn shot of Robin sitting at a table just drinking scotch, um, looking into nothingness, basically. Uh, and he sits down and he's like, you know, thought a lot about you, then I had a drink and I haven't thought about you since. Then he gives him some life. You're just a kid. You don't have the faintest idea what you're talking about. You've never been out of Boston. So if I asked you about art, you're probably going to give me the skinny on every art book ever written. Michelangelo, you know a lot about him. Life's work, political aspirations, him and the Pope, sexual orientation, the whole works, right? But I bet you can't tell me what it smells like in the Sistine Chapel. You've never actually stood there and looked up at that beautiful ceiling and seen that. If I ask you about women, you'd probably give me the syllabus on all your personal favourites, and you may have even been laid a few times. But you can't tell me what it feels like to wake up next to a woman and feel truly happy. You're a tough kid. What did I ask you about war? You'd probably throw Shakespeare at me, right? Once more into the breach, dear friends. But you've never been near one. You've never held your best friend's head in your lap, watched him gasp his last breath, looking to you for help. I'd ask you about love, and you'd probably quote me a sonnet. But you've never looked at a woman and been totally vulnerable, known someone that could level you with her eyes, feeling like God had put an angel on earth just for you, who could rescue you from the depths of hell. And you wouldn't know what it's like to be her angel, to have that love for her, be there forever, through anything through cancer, and you wouldn't know about sleeping sitting up in a hotel room for two months, holding her hand, because the doctors could see in your eyes that the terms visiting hours don't apply to you. You don't know about real loss, because that only occurs when you've loved something more than you can love yourself, and I doubt you've ever dared to love anyone that much. I look at you and I don't see an intelligent, confident man, I see a cocky, scared, shitless kid. But you're a genius, Will, no one denies that. No one could possibly understand the depths of you. But you presume to know everything about me because you saw a painting of mine. You ripped my fucking life apart. You're an orphan, right? Do you think I know the first thing about how hard your life has been, who you are, how you feel because I read Oliver Twist? Does that encapsulate you? Personally, I don't give a shit about all that because you know what? I can't learn anything from you that I can't read in some fucking book unless you want to talk about you who you are, then I'm fascinated. I'm in. But you don't want to do that, do you, sport? You're terrified of what you might say. Your move, chief. Shh.